I told y'all last week um, that, you know, I started studying all of this when uh, Kevin um, let me know that I, I would have the opportunity to uh, preach this part of the series on um, the family and, and you know, I've done marriage counseling for years now, and Amanda and I have, and, and you know, I've really studied those scriptures and really looked at all of that stuff about husbands and fathers and um, parents and children, and, and just, I mean, I was just very, very familiar with it. And I am not as familiar with what we're going to talk about today. Because I was one of those folks that always looked at this and the heading says bond servants and masters. Well, that doesn't apply to me. I'm neither, so I can go on past that, right? Wrong. It's, it's very practical for us today. And, and, it, and, and again, this is probably the place in my life that I fail the most <laughs> as an employee. Because I always got something smart to say or a better idea. And, I've, I, and over the last few weeks when I began studying this and looking at this and God began to speak to me on this subject, I really had to start to make some, some changes in the way I handle myself in the workplace. Now I will tell you that, that I'm, not, I mean, I'm not just a completely different person. I just, I'm, a, I'm as bold there as I am here and sometimes that doesn't go well. And the gentleman that is my boss has abilities no other person in the world has. He has access to buttons on me for some reason. He can push them without ever lifting a finger. So this is my struggle. This, this, this subject matter is my, has been my struggle over the last few weeks, I've made some improvements, made some changes, I will say, and have seen some improvement. Again, not addressing nobody but self, standing in the mirror and going, okay, Jack, something's got to give, something's got to change, and begin to pray on what that would be. Um, over the last two weeks, I've had two different um, instances where I had been to a place previously and I went back and uh, both times this was the conversation when I, when I got there and got to doing my work. Most of the time when I'm doing my repairs, the operator is there with me. Um, sometimes it's a safety issue and sometimes it's just they ain't got nothing else to do though, so they hang out and, and hinder and pester and talk. Um, of course, I don't like to talk, so that's kind of a hindrance to me. So. So in, on two occasions, I, I made a return trip for some reason or another, and the guy would say, well, the first guy said, literally, I, I need to apologize to you. And he's always cutting up and carrying on, you know, and talking crazy, and I thought, yeah, whatever, I had to do something today, I might as well do this, you know. And I said, apologize for what? And he said, well, you were here the last time you mentioned church, and it's no telling what had come out of my mouth at that point. I said, you don't owe me no apology. He said, well, I just want to be respectful. And I said, well, that, I mean, that's cool. I, I mean, I, I like respectful. But more of my concern of you being respectful to me is my concern of you being respectful to 
the big guy, the heavenly father, the creator of all things. So, you know, I appreciate it, but I would soon you be more concerned with that. And that happened to me twice in the last two weeks because I changed how I carry myself. Now, I don't go in and announce, hey, I'm a preacher, y'all don't cuss. I don't do that. Never have done that. But I will if I'm in an environment where I see the, the language escalating and the four letters becoming 24 letters, you know the guy I'm talking about. I'll try to make mention of, I'll start a story with a guy I go to church with. You know, just kind of lay it out there, leave it laying, see what happens. And so far it's worked. Most people will, will back off the language and go, ooh, a church guy, I better quit this. But sometimes that's not the case. The reality of it is some people don't give a rip, and they just going to do what they do. Well, I'm not here today to tell you about or to talk to you about how other people should handle themselves. Just like the, the wife's responsibility doesn't change because of who her husband is. The husband's responsibility does not change because of who her wife is. Uh, his wife is. Hey, yeah, no kidding. Amen. Yeah, because today that's a reality. Yeah. Children's responsibilities don't change because of who their parents are. Employees' responsibilities... Don't change because of who the boss is. And the boss's responsibility doesn't change because of who the employee is. This is about us being who we're supposed to be. Remember the title of the series way back at the beginning of Ephesians. Walk worthy of your call. You walk worthy of your call. Me walk worthy of my call. Today, walk worthy as an employee or employer. Now this can get very deep. I probably won't have time for all of it. But don't read past this as though it doesn't apply to you because it says bondservant and master. It is applicable. In today's walk, it is very applicable. And there's a lot on this subject. So if you would, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6 and we'll start reading in verse 5. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or free. Masters, do the same to them, and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we come to you to say thank you for the opportunity to be gathered here this morning. I thank you, Father, for 
the opportunities you've already put before me this morning with the, the participation in the baptisms. And I pray, Father, your blessings on those two, Father, that you would continue to grow them and draw them closer to the reflection of your image. Father, right now I ask that you would just hide me behind the cross, Father, bind up my opinions and allow nothing but your words and your desires to flow through me. Father, I pray that you open our hearts and minds to your word that it may grow each one of us as individuals. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word, and I just pray that you would give me the strength and courage to do exactly what you would have me to do. Father, I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Bond servants, obey, you know, this is, this is a, our next relationship in the series of relationships that Paul has um, directly addressed. Wives, submit to your own husbands, remember that? Children, obey your parents, you got that? And now bond servants, obey your earthly masters. You know, the root of the gospel, the root of the gospel is our obedience, right? Christ came to this earth and done exactly what he was, he was obedient to the Father, right? Every, he even said, not my will be done, but yours. He said that, right? He, obedience. It was out of obedience and His love for us that caused this to happen. Now what the gospel requires of me and you? Obedience. Obey. Do what you're told. Just look at the scriptures and find where you fit and do that. There, there's so many subjects and so many ways to look that up and find what God expects of me. And He covers most all aspects of life. All of them even down to employee, employer. And it starts out with bondservant or employee, obey. Now why in the world would the gospel require me to obey an earthly boss, a worldly boss? Why would the Bible require me to be so obedient to someone that's not godly? Because it's the act of obedience, and we'll get into this a little deeper here in a minute, but you do realize the biggest rewards come from the hardest battles, right? Every time. So if you're the wife that has the ungodly husband that's hard to deal with, your submission to him is going to come with a reward that other wives can't attain. If you're the father that has, has the children that are so easy provoked and you don't provoke them, you're going to get a reward that others can't attain. If you're the employee that has the hardest boss in the world to work for, you're going to get a reward that others can't attain. Your, your biggest rewards come from your biggest battles, your biggest struggles. I've always been told anything worth having is worth fighting for. It's worth earning. It's worth going after. Montana signed up for uh, softball this time. And I've told her, it's obvious, baby, you started at nine years old. Most kids start at two and three and four years old. Your talent is not their talent. But you can outwork them. <laughs> you can out hustle them. 
Because if it's worth having, it's worth working for. You're going to have to put in the effort and dig for it and go after it and hustle every time you step foot on that field. If not, we should stay at home. <laughs> Get a little extra sleep at night. <laughs> right? If it's worth having. So th- if you're one of the ones that falls in the category of the hard-to-deal-with boss, your reward of your obedience will be bigger, and anything worth having is worth fighting for. It's worth, it's worth going after. It's worth putting in the extra effort. Yes, it's going to be extra tough. Look at this. this. This gets pretty descriptive, and this is why I think a lot of us want to pass over this, because it, these words are tough. Obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling. I mean, I don't know how much explanation you need on that. Right? Look at this next one. With a sincere heart. With a sincere heart. A simple desire to do what's right. A sincere heart. I want to be obedient to my boss because it's what God said do, and that's the only reason. Because I know it's going to make my maker happy, right? It's going to make my creator happy, right? I'll be able to lay my head down tonight. No, listen, I ain't never had this view of work. (laughs) I walked away more days mad than I did any other way. I guess, first of all, because I just don't like work. (laughs) I don't like it as little as some of y'all, but I don't like it. (laughs) But it's a necessity. That even in the workplace, that I be a representative of something much greater and much grander than me. And what a mission field it is for some of you. And I'm one of those because I might be, I might be stuck at the shop with the same two or three people all day. Or I might go as far as Hillsborough, Tennessee or Cowan, Tennessee. I spend all day Friday in Lawrenceburg. I go, we go to Colum- went one night to Columbia. I mean, my my mission field's big if I'll view it as that, and I'll take advantage of it as that, and I'll treat every day as an opportunity to tell somebody about Christ, whether it's with words or my behavior. But when I go out and say one thing and then act like the rest of the world, they're not buying that, y'all. Not my boss, not my my co-workers, not, not nobody I encounter. When you talk one way and walk another, that's what this whole series has been about, is walking worthy of your call, putting it on display so that the whole world can see that this gospel is real. It's not some page out of a storybook that started with once upon a time and ends with happily ever after. This is real stuff. And we've got to live it in order for people to believe it. Look at this, with a sincere heart. Obey with fear and trembling. Obey. Do what you're told to do. Do whatever is required of you. And what is required of me is to do what's required of me. Now he puts this next few words on here, I think, to make it go all the way down and really sink in and really take hold. Because we've got To obey with fear and trembling, right? We've got to obey with a sincere heart, just a simple desire to do the right thing. 
And next, as you would Christ. Now this is the game changer. This, this is where it takes on a whole new meaning for me. This, this is where I had to stop and go, oh no, i got to change some things. As Christians, we should have a biblical worldview of everything that we encounter in this world. And that means that everything we see and everything we encounter, we should be looking at from a biblical perspective. It shouldn't matter what the majority vote is. It shouldn't matter who's on which side. It shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. All that should matter to me as a Christian is what does God say on this particular subject. And that's all. Nothing else should come into play. It shouldn't matter what my friends think. It shouldn't matter what they've always done. It shouldn't matter how many times they vote and what the vote says. According to Scripture, right and right and wrong is wrong. And it doesn't matter if everybody's doing it, wrong is still wrong. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if you're the only one doing it, right is still right. With a biblical worldview, everything takes on a different meaning. Even my work, because with a biblical worldview, now I have to look at my job not as doing, as my boss says, it says, as you would Christ. Obey as you, in other words, this is how I show the rest of the world what it looks like to be a Christian in my work. What we like, you and I, all of us, what we would like, is to be able to pick out the parts of this thing that we like. And we'd like to take that and apply it in the most magnificent way the world's ever seen. And then we would like to take the rest of the stuff, the stuff we don't like and don't agree with, and we would like for nobody to ever mention that in our presence. That's what we would like, is a self-made gospel. Because that would be easy. See, I could conform to those things and it wouldn't have caused me to change at all. I would just do what I've always done and it would fit because I picked out the stuff that best suited me. But the truth of the matter is the gospel is not a buffet. You can't pick out the part you like and leave the rest laying. You got to get all of it and you got to take all of it on. So these hard things are as important as the easy things. And for most of us, me included, more so. Because what I would like to do is for us to have an agreement this morning is nobody to ever mention bond servants and masters, employees, employer relationships, and I'd be good. But see, the fact is, it's there. So that means it's important to God that I know and understand what those relationships are supposed to look like. And though most of you may have, some of you may have sat in here and cruised through husbands and wives, fathers and children and mothers, and, and you sat there smiling going, I know, I've been doing this a while. Remember that guy that come up to Jesus and said, what must I do? I've been, I've been doing all this stuff since I was a little guy, and, man, I'm, and he had his chest all bowed out, and he stood in front of Jesus, and, Jesus, and he said, what, so what should I do to be saved? And Jesus said, sell all all your worldly possessions. And you know what that guy did? He dropped his head and walked away. You know why? Because he had mastered a lot of things in his life, but there was one thing he couldn't master. 
and he hadn't mastered it, and he had no desire to fight it, right? What, what about the, the other story similar to that one, the guy in the sycamore tree? Y'all remember him? What, what, what did he come? What was his heart? How was his heart different from the rich young ruler? He came in and said, what should I do? And, G, and he said, man, I, I'll pay back. I'll go back and make it right. I'll do everything I can. See, this whole gospel is about our heart condition. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about husbands and wives. You may find things in here that you're good at. But I promise you, if you stay with it, you're going to find something you ain't good at. This is my thing. I'm not, I don't even feel worthy to stand up here and tell y'all what it's supposed to look like because I can't display it very well on a daily basis. But here's what I do know. That just like any other relationship we have, this is not about me pleasing my boss. This is about me pleasing my God. So when I do to these people, when I do to my boss or for my boss, I've got to do it with the same heart that I would do it for Christ. Because that's really what I'm doing, right? What I'm putting on display. And in that way, people sit back and instead of getting the reaction, you know, in spurts I've been able to do this. I'm not trying to say I completely fail at it because I've had instances. I had an instance, been a few years ago now, I don't know, pair of, uh, leather gloves and had a punch in one hand, a chisel in the other hand. I don't really know how I done it, but I was driving a bearing race, and the bearing race was, I think it was a six-inch bearing, the best I remember. It's a good-sized bearing, and, and it takes a lot of force to get that removed if you don't cut it in two first, and I, I didn't cut it in two. I was just going to drive it out, and I, and I mean, I was over in the corner, um, and I had my punch, and, the, and my punch is a what they call a five-eighths punch. I mean, it's a big punch, G. Um, and I had my big hammer, and I had my gloves on, and I had my safety glasses, and I mean, I was wailing on this thing. And, and I don't know how I done it, but at some point between here and coming back the next time, this finger got on top of the punch. So when I wailed, and I didn't know it, when I wailed, bam, oh! And I hit the floor, and I had this glove on, and I could feel it filling up with blood, and I thought, if I take my glove off my finger's going to be in it and I was over there down and by this time the other people in the shop have gathered around and at that time we had a guy work with us and um he's over there going that's enough to make the preacher cuss ain't it I said not today he said oh yeah he said I said no I'm not he said yeah you want to cuss just he said I tell you what make you feel better if you just throw that hammer out in the parking lot I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I said, I'm just going to try to figure out if I still have my finger attached or detached and what's the next step. Of course, I slid the glove off and the, and the blood was there, but my finger was still attached and it was about three times the size it's supposed to be and all that stuff and I lived through it and nobody died and I still got all my digits and all that. All that. <laughs> but the point of it is, is he was standing there with the hopes that I had finally done something to cause me to respond the way he would, Right? See, see, the people around you are waiting on that. When they find out you're a Christian, they're waiting for you to prove to them that you ain't no different than they are. And what they really want to see is for you to get in a place where you should prove them right. When what we have to do is concentrate so hard that we don't allow that to happen. Now, I ain't saying you don't make mistakes and people don't blow things out of proportion. That happens. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you do everything you do even if you end up smashing your finger like you would do it for Christ. Everything you do. And, and, you, and you be respectful and honorable 
to a person that's been put in authority over you just like you would if it was Christ. See, it, it goes a little deeper, don't it? <laughs> it makes you think a little harder when you look at it word for word what the Scripture says. And see, the purpose of all of this is so that you can be an example in a world that really needs an example. <laughs> Amen? They, they need something to look to because the stuff they're looking to is failing them and they don't even know it. It's not doing nothing but bringing on things that they, they can't control. Listen, we started a discussion about abortion years and years ago. And today we have people that are approving post-birth abortion. If you can't call that murder, I mean, <laughs> you know, see things come with circumstances. The Bible says we've been handed over to a debased mind because we didn't desire the things of God but desired the things of the world. And we replaced it, right? We made the exchange. And see, when you do that, there's unintended consequences. Just like in your workplace, when you go into it with this mindset, this biblical description, and this is my job, but I'm doing it to please God, not to please anybody else, there's also unintended consequences of good that come with that. But when you go about it the wrong way, there's unintended, and you end up in misery for the rest of your life trying to get a paycheck every Friday. Where if we looked at it the way God desires us to look at it, it wouldn't be near as much drudgery. <laughs> we wouldn't go in with our head down going, oh my goodness, I'm here again. Mondays would be as exciting as Friday. Well, almost. Payday's Friday. So, it won't, you know, them two won't ever add up. But it'll be close, right? <laughs> Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers. Not by the way of eye... You ain't doing it to be seen. You ain't doing it so they can, you're going to do the right thing even when ain't nobody looking. What? You mean, that means that when the boss comes in, it don't look like a bunch of cockroaches when the light gets turned on. <laughs> and everybody goes to look busy. Don't act like you ain't never did it. Y'all have, I have, we have. It's been done. The ball, you, can, you can hear that old 60 coming up the driveway. It sounds different. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. It sounds a little different than the rest of them, Chris. That 60 makes a different sound when it turns in. And everybody in the shop goes and finds a broom or a wrench or a shovel, something. Right? So we can look busy because it sounds different. Listen, this ain't about eye service. This ain't about being seen doing the right thing. It's about doing the right thing in front of the one who never takes his eyes off of you. Man, that takes it even to another level. Now, now, now I have to take the 15-minute break in 15 minutes. <sighs> oh! <laughs> now my 30-minute lunch can't be but 30 minutes. Oh, no matter if the boss is there or not. None of this sounds exciting to me. All of this hurts my feelings in some way. But good news, I've been on this thing trying to lose a little weight, so it's helped. <laughs> How many pieces of bologna can you eat in 15 minutes, right? <laughs> this whole thing is about being pleasing to God who doesn't take his eyes off of you. This isn't about being people pleasers. This isn't about being doing it with eye service so that, it, so that you look busy. I've used that term a thousand times. Hey, we better look busy. <laughs> it ain't about looking busy. It's about pleasing God. Now, for some of you, 
I have a boss that'll sit down at a 15-minute break, and we'll sit there and talk about everything under the sun for 45 minutes. And he's sitting there with me, and he's okay with it. But there's other days when he ain't there <laughs> that I probably ought to be busy within the 15 minutes on, you know what I mean? So it's, it's not a set thing. It's not a set. It's different for everybody. Your boss is different. And, and it's not about what you can get away with, right? It's about doing it in a manner that is pleasing to God. Your work, whatever you're doing, whatever you're going about, whatever, as an employee, it is your job. Do that in a manner that it pleases God. And again, that, man, that's a, that's a broad brush, because there's some of y'all that are on a tight schedule and you can't even take a bathroom break without somebody giving you permission. There's others of us that kind of come and go. I mean, I, I'm, for the, when I leave the shop, I am my boss. It's up to me to do the right thing. It's not somebody standing over me telling me. So I have to, I have to be thankful for that freedom because I love that part of my job, but at the same time, I have to do it like I'm doing it for God. And get where I'm supposed to be and get done and get back. Get to the next one and check them off. And not for eye service, not so people can see it. Not just when people are looking. Because God don't never quit looking. Look at this, as people pleasers, not as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ. That's twice he's made that mention. To do it as you would for Christ and now... The bondservant of Christ. In other words, do it like Christ is your boss. Like He's your master. Oh my, my, my. No wonder my heart has hurt for the last couple of weeks since I've been looking at this. Huh? Has anybody mastered this? Please don't raise your hand and say yes. <laughs> You'll embarrass me. You tried, Raj. Raj, give it to you. Hey, this stuff is tough, man. It's tough, and it gets tougher. But I, there's a promise coming with this. I want you to understand the weightiness of this, because when we get to this promise, I want you to see how important this promise is. This is about being pleasing to Christ. This is about keeping the Heavenly Father happy. This isn't about following the Christ. Listen, this whole world is looking for something to look up to, and we ought to be standing here pointing at Him. Right? That's where we ought to be sending each and every one of them is straight to Him. And the only way we can do that is for them to see the seriousness that we take our relationship with, right? That's the only way I can convince husbands that it, it's, it's more important to be godly than it is to be happy if all they do is sit back and watch me pursue happiness. They're not going to listen to me. they got to see me pursuing godliness or they don't want to hear what I've got to say on the subject. This, this is the same way. Everything you do it, do it as you are doing it for Christ. Look at this. Doing the will of God from the heart. Not because somebody told you you better. <laughs> right? From the heart with a desire to do what is pleasing to God. Look, he's taking everything that you've heard preached inside of these walls, I know for a fact, about life in general, and he's applying it to your employment. See, what he's done is throughout this whole thing from, from the start of Ephesians is he's given us this set, of, this set of standards to live by 
and he's shown us how to apply it in all aspects of life. So that you should not be able to have an excuse when you walk out of a study on the book of Ephesians of, oh, I didn't know he meant that. I didn't know he meant when I went to Walmart. I didn't know he meant when I was at work. I didn't know he meant in my marriage. I didn't know he meant as a parent. Oh, I didn't know as a child. You did know it's there. And he's applied these things and he's made it where it's a broad, it covers all of life. And, and the next couple of weeks we're going to see how any of this is possible because I'm going to be honest with you, when I sit and look at this and think about my boss and my work, and let me, let me, let me just like I had to do with my parents, let me put a little... Uh, uh, sidebar on this I love my job I even like my boss <laughs> no just kidding I love my boss I'm saying the struggle in my job is me I am my biggest problem I am I'm thankful for the job I have even even though it cost me most Wednesday night church services <laughs> I still, I, I'm thankful for it. And I know God's got me there for a reason. So don't misunderstand me. Standing, I'm not standing up here complaining. About, I'm not looking for y'all to try to hire me. <laughs> I don't want your job or nothing about your job. I know grease and oil and diesel fuel. And once you get that on you, that's all you can do. Right, G? That's all, you can't do nothing else. You'll try so hard, and it just comes back to that mess. So don't hear me saying that I'm in a job I don't love. I love my job. I love my boss. I love the, the people I work for. I've been working for them for over 15 years. The same company, the same people, the same boss. So I evidently ain't too bad or I'd have been somewhere, right? Now, you don't get rewarded for 15 years of service where I work. Just saying. That don't mean nothing to nobody. Just, just throwing that out there. But listen, this ain't about my job or my boss. This is about my responsibilities as a Christian and how I apply that in my workplace. That's where it's at. It's not based on where I work, what my job is, who my boss is, none of that stuff. Uh, let's keep going. Verse 7, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. That's the third time this has been said. In this, in this set of scriptures, I think he's pretty serious about who we're working for here, and it's not man, right? It's about being pleasing to God. Knowing that whether good, anyone, whoo, whoo, let's go right here. I want y'all to see this in verse 8. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord. There's your promise. There's your promise. So does that mean if I take on this new attitude and I go into my workplace and I do my part and I do it every day and I represent Christ the best way I know how and I don't talk back and I don't argue and I just do, just obey and just do everything that we just read, that that means somehow magically my boss is going to reward me with 14 weeks of vacation and a little bit of raise? That is not what that means whatsoever. It don't. It would be nice. I mean, I'd take 10 days at this point. <laughs> no, that's not what that means. What that means is, if you go in with the heart to serve and please God in all that you do, you ain't got to worry about no rewards no man can give you. 
And let me assure you, my boss ain't able to award the way my God is. It may be an award, reward for now, and it may be a re remember what is our goal as Christians? To store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The less the reward is here, the greater it'll be there. The harder the trial is here, the greater the reward will be, right? That's how this thing works. So it's not a poor, pitiful me thing at all. Because I just got a promise that says, Whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord. Oh my goodness. Whether he is a bondservant or free. In other words, whether you have to be working for him or you want to. Our rewards don't come from here. The rewards we pursue don't get stored up here. They get stored up in heaven. Lastly, masters. Now some of you may be bosses. Some of you may be sitting here listening and you're the boss. You're the other end of this. You have people under you. You're some kind of leadership in a company. You just heard all of that other, and it says right here, Masters, do the same. <laughs> See, it's your responsibility as a Christian boss to keep all of these things in mind. That yes, you have been given authority that only God can give. And yes, you do have people under you that according to Scripture should obey. But you need to keep in mind that you, they ain't the only ones representing Christ in their job. You are too. It's your duty to do the same thing. To make sure that everything you do is honoring to God. And when you do good, you get that reward promised just like we do. <coughs> Masters, do the same to them. And stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven. And that there is no partiality with him. God don't care if you're a boss or an employee. He don't care if you're a, a servant or a slave or a master. He's no respecter of persons, remember? None of that matters to him. He expects the same thing out of everybody. To just be godly. No matter it's at work, it's at home, it's a mother, it's a child, it's a father, it's a husband, it's a wife, it don't matter. Whatever relationships you have as a Christian, you have a duty to represent Christ inside of that relationship. And it does, it's not based on response from others. Because likely you're not going to get the response you're looking for. And you know what you'll do? What you've always done. And you know what you'll get? What you've always got. That's the way it works. If you want different, you've got to do different. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result. That's one definition of insanity. To do so would be crazy. You can't do this based on what you expect other people to do. You've got to do it because it's what God's called you to do. And you desire for His will to be done greater than anything else. Whether you're an employee whether you're a, a, an employer, whether you're a, a child or a parent, it doesn't, all the relationships, you have a responsibility to represent Christ in that relationship. E even in those casual meetings between a, a, 
person working a cash register and you handing them money. You have to take on that responsibility everywhere you go. It's weighty, but man, the rewards are out of this world. Literally, the rewards are out of this world. Next week, we're going to figure out how this stuff is even possible that we've been talking about. If you sit and listen to these descriptions of relationships and go, man, I don't, I just, we're going to talk about how it's even possible because we know it's not default for any of us to act the way we've been talking. Matter of fact, default's the opposite. It's for us to be selfish and self-centered and all those things.